Welcome back to BC, the Astani Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering podcast at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. If this is your first episode, my name is Emily and I'm a department advisor and co-host of the podcast. And my name is Christine. I'm also a department advisor and co-host of this podcast. Together, Emily and I highlight ongoing research, academic programs, and unique opportunities in our department. To kick off the school year, we're going to be talking about the Masters of Science Civil Engineering Structural Emphasis Program with its program director, Dr. Farzid Naeem. Dr. Naeem returned to USC in January 2023 as a professor of practice, but also as the new program director of our structural program. He joins us with over 38 years of experience in industry and is currently the president of the Los Angeles Tall Buildings Structural Design Council. His contributions to seismic design of structures elected him into the National Academy of Engineering in 2002. I can go on and on about his accolades, but I think we can all agree that it'd be more interesting to hear from the source. So when we sat down with Dr. Naeem to talk about the program, he shared a little bit about his long connection with USC. Hi came to USC in 1978, actually as a limited student. At the time, I didn't know if I wanted to do graduate studies or not. I was here to visit my brother and sister who were uh, physicians, um, one of them teaching in uh, at UCLA and one of them uh, a professor of medicine at UCLA and the other at UCI. So they told me to come take a look and see whatever. And at that time, Iran was going through trouble. So they told me, okay, just take a couple of courses. And I said, I don't want to enroll anywhere. And I said, well, USC offers courses to people who are not enrolled. You can just sit in a couple of classes. So I started sitting in a couple of classes. And then I became, you know, I enrolled in master's program. And then in master's program, I became more and more interested. At, I, I was always interested in interaction of uh, computer applications and structural engineering. And I was lucky enough to meet uh, Professor Anderson, who basically is a father figure to me. Uh, after a semester here, he became really interested in my work, uh, uh, encouraged me to uh, not only think about masters, but involved me in the research projects that they had. I got really interested. I, I took a part-time job as, as a computer operator at the time at the, uh, at the department's uh, computer department. And basically some nights I slept over there because I was running programs that would take days to, to run. Uh, I had a great time. I learned a lot. I got my PhD from uh, USC in 1982. I went to industry. And uh, because of the education I got here, I became really successful in industry. I became um, the sort of director of research and development at a large company. And then I also produced computer programs that were used for design of tall buildings and special structures, became more involved in, in different technical issues. I became technical director of many of the landmark projects in Los Angeles and elsewhere. Uh, for example, uh, what is now the, I think is the crypto uh, center, which was used to be a staple center. I was the technical director of that, uh, Disney concert hall, um, and then got more and more involved in design of tall buildings. I was invited to be become a member of uh, Los Angeles Tall Buildings Structural Design Council, which 
Later, I became president of that, and I developed the guidelines that is used for design of tall buildings everywhere, uh, basically. And I was involved in, in, in uh, analysis, design, and review of, the, of many of the tall buildings that are in Los Angeles skyline, as well as San Francisco, Seattle, San Diego. So education at USC really paid well for me. And I had a long career of, of successful, successful career in a structural engineering, um, partly because of my uh, education at USC. And at the same time, I kept teaching at USC as a part-time lecturer after my graduation for many years. And I did that for uh, sort of, you could say a selfish person uh, reason, because I picked the students that I wanted to hire by teaching, I, I figured out who are the good ones. And I hired many students from my classes who became really successful engineers later on, not because of me, but because the education that they got. And then I was lucky enough to be their teacher and realize their potential and, and hire them. And, and now you're back uh, as our director of of, of our faculty director. Yes, I, I taught at USC, I believe, uh, part-time till uh, 2014. At that time, I moved, uh, I was living in Los Angeles area. Then I moved to uh, Orange County, to Irvine. And since I moved to Irvine, then UC Irvine people um, approached me and wanted me to teach there. So I started teaching part-time there and I didn't teach there for a while. And then, um, in 2022, I was approached by, by USC. They wanted me to come back. I believe my election to National Academy encouraged them even further to come uh, after me. And it, it's always good to come back home. So I'm glad that I'm here and I'm really proud to basically um, be director of the program that once I was a student at. This program that Dr. Naeem is referring to is our department's Master's of Science in Civil Engineering, Structural Engineering emphasis. This is a 28 unit master's program that can be completed in one to two years or longer for those that are working full time. The curriculum has four required courses and the remaining units can be selected from a list of approved electives. The curriculum is designed to ensure students have a strong core foundation and flexibility to hone in on a specific area of structural engineering. The, uh, the master's program, let's start with the master's program uh, for structural engineering at USC. To me, there are a few advantages to this program that makes this program really special. Uh, number one is that it is at USC, which is basically has the largest network of alumni of any engineering school in Southern California or in California. Many of the graduates of this school are in, in prime decision-making positions across the industry. So then that, that is one advantage. The other advantage is the sort of the combination of practical know-how and the research opportunities that they get. So if someone comes to graduate school and they are not sure if they want to get a master's degree and go out to practice, or they might want to pursue a research career by getting a PhD. 
this is the perfect environment for them because they get the practical know-how and also they get options to get involved in research opportunities. And if something is attractive to them, then they can naturally go towards a more advanced degree. In another front, another advantage of this program, the master's program, is that it doesn't require a thesis for a master's. That is, to me, it, it is great because if you are interested in doing research at the master's level, I think the best approach is to take a couple of uh, directed research uh, courses with, with the faculty and the, uh, uh, that you are interested in, you can connect to, and the topics that you are interested in and see if you, if if you wanna really do a real research on those subjects. And if you are, then you can go to a PhD program and concentrate on those. But wasting six months, seven months on a master's thesis that usually doesn't have anything new in it because the definition of you know, a PhD thesis is that you have to come up with something new. For master's thesis, you have to just do some work and it takes a lot of time and really doesn't give you a lot of benefit. The USC master's program doesn't require a thesis. You can ask for it. If you are interested, you can have one, but it's not a requirement. You just need to complete 28 units. And to me, that's a great, great advantage that you can concentrate on what really uh, you want to learn. Uh, the other advantage is that basically these 28 units, if you are working outside, you can sort of do it within you know, a couple of years. If, if you are good enough, you can do it in, in shorter period of time. And then USC has a DEN uh, network, uh, digital access network that you know, people who work in the industry can participate remotely. And you know, it, it, it is a perfect combination for either people who are working and they want to now get a master's degree to advance their career, or people who basically want to come concentrate and get a master's degree and go out. I do completely agree with you here. The thesis can be more binding than students realize. Directed research can be a great way to explore areas. And then with careful planning, the directed research units can still count toward the 28 units of required coursework for this degree program. At the master's level, you know, the thesis, in my opinion, is something that binds, you know, thesis basically binds you for a semester or two, you know, this six months of your time actually is one topic. If in the middle of that topic, you suddenly realize that that is not something that you really are interested in, you are stuck. You can't afford losing four months and start over again. In PhD, that's another story. You are married to that topic for whatever number of years it takes. You are committed to it. You are married to that topic until you get your PhD. But in master's, in my opinion, one should not be bound to one topic. You should be able to explore different topics and then pick the one that actually suits you. And a lack of thesis requirement for a master's to me is a very positive thing. It doesn't mean that research is not important. It means that you have to select different topics and spend less time on exploring each one so that you have the option of picking the one that actually suits you. And if you pick that one and you want to sort of continue studying it, then you go for a PhD on that topic. I also just want to expand on what you brought up earlier, having previously been a part-time lecturer and also working in industry. 
through this connection, you were able to grab some great students for your company. I think this is the strength of our program that we have tenure track faculty who are doing research. And like you said, student can go down that route, but we also have part-time lecturers that provide that direct connection to pull students directly into industry and their career. It is, I think one of, one of the features that makes USC a particularly a special place is this intercombination of advanced research and great communication with, and connection with the industry. The fact that you are exposed to both sides of structural engineering, the practice side and the research side, and you can combine them in a way that suits you so that you can succeed in your particular vision or a specialty of a structural engineering that most uh, interests you. Basically to be successful as at what you do, whatever it is, I think the number one requirement is that you have to absolutely love what you're doing. And the fact that you can pick the pieces that satisfies you and makes you happy is the great way to start a career. During, I have been practicing for more than 40 years. And, and many times during these 40 years, I have told myself many times that I can't believe somebody is paying me to do this because I have, would have done it anyhow, <laughs> even if someone didn't, because this is what I love to do. Come to USC, you are not going to regret it. I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I do want to say what's cool about our faculty is that they are not just well-connected. They are not just like you, part of industry, but also they know so many people, the network that they can connect students with. Um, just outside the Viterbi career services that we have, that you have, they're right there. And, and another thing that makes USC unique is the fact that you get personal attention. In, in usually, generally, I have taught both in public schools and private schools, and generally, you don't get the type of attention that you get here, the personal attention to your needs, pers you know, personal advice. Uh, you are a part of a family here, and you will carry that family notion with you the rest of your life. As the new director of the program, there's a huge opportunity for, for this program to grow and change. Uh, we can introduce new classes and new directions. Dr. Naeem, are there classes you're hoping to introduce to the program or interesting topics you hope to introduce in the upcoming semester? Uh, yes, since I have uh, started here, I taught a course actually last semester um, on um, analysis and design of uh, tall and special structures in which we concentrate on what is necessary knowledge-wise, technical-wise, to be able to actually work on and design, analyze, and, um, and make sure that what you produce is doable as far as tall buildings are concerned and special structures like stadia, uh, convention centers, and things like that. So that's one thing. I'm teaching um, a, a new course here, a new master's course here called Seismic Design of Structures in which we start from traditional seismic design, earthquake-resistant design of all different types of structures, conventional structures, and then we move on to special topics like energy dissipation, dissipation and protective systems, seismic isolation, base isolation, and we, we talk about all of those. So these are sort of with an emphasis on the 
seismic event. We have courses taught by others, you know, data analytics uh, in, in, in structures that, you know, the uncertainties, um, a, a structural identification and structural health monitoring. These days, everybody is talking, everybody is talking about resilient design and the fact that you want, uh, you know, the, the community to be able to recover itself after a disaster really fast so that people are not dislocated, you know, after, let me give you an example. After 1994 Northridge earthquake, besides the cost of that earthquake, uh, many of the buildings were either demolished or they were um, they were not occupied for a couple of years, and that costed tremendously uh, to to the society because all these dislocations, loss of um, places to work, places to reside. Uh, Hospitals collapsed, but now the, con the, the, the structural engineering is moving from the concept that if it is, it is okay if we design buildings so that they don't collapse and they don't kill people, to the concept that we are going to design buildings so that they have a functional, meaningful functional recovery time. That is, for example, this building, if it is a hospital, it is not going to be uh, out of service for more than a week or three days. If it is you know, a commercial building, then maybe within a couple of weeks, people has to come, have to be able to come back and work in it. So the concept of resiliency and functional recovery is becoming central to a structural engineering. And one of the topics that makes sure that what we design is actually functionally recoverable is by use of instrumentation a structural identification and a structural health monitoring so that we can immediately after a disaster know what the status of the building is. And we have courses that if one picks them uh, properly would train them in, in being able to actually take advantage of this new technology. Speaking about choosing courses to be trained on new technology, can you speak a little bit more about the field of structural engineering and what it looks like today? Sometimes there's this misconception that Civil and environmental engineering is old and outdated and traditional, but based on conversations with you, there are a lot of new things happening. Yeah, actually, it is a misnomer. That is, people, because, you know, when people came out of caves, actually, they started building, you know, uh, huts to live in. Basically, a structural engineering started there. So probably it's the second, worldest, second oldest profession in the world. I mean, yes, but everything has changed. The structural engineering of today is not a structural engineering of 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago or a century ago. We have monumental structures that have been built, you know, let's say a thousand years ago, but most of them were built based on empirical rules. That is, they built something, it didn't work, they modified something, and then, you know, they worked on it till it worked. Now we have theory, we have sophisticated techniques. A structural engineering actually is rapidly changing. One of the most rapidly changing fields in the engineering sort of domain is a structural engineering. You know, we are working on analytics. The analytics of it is changing rapidly. Some of the things that would take, you know, sophisticated tall building models that I have worked on. Some of them, actually, if you wanted to build a model for this to analyze your building for an earthquake, would, would take on a 
typical computer would take two weeks to run. Now we have new technologies that actually you can do the same analysis in two hours or three hours or even less by parallel computing, by, by cloud computing, by, dif by different techniques. So the technology has changed. The materials that we are using have, have changed. The, the way we use the materials have changed. The way we test the materials have changed. The concepts of, of a structural engineering have changed. The structural systems have changed. You can work on tall buildings. You can work on special structures. You can work on commercials, hospitals, bridges. Anything that actually functions requires some knowledge of a structural engineering. The car that you drive is a structure. If a structural engineer doesn't work and put the frame of it together, you don't get a car that is worthy of driving. So I would say one of the professions that is basically inseparable from advancing civilization is a structural engineering. It's just the beginning. It's not the end of it. So for listeners that might be considering a master's in structural engineering, what are their career opportunities? What are the different areas that they can work in and the benefits to having that master's degree? The type of job that you get by having a master's degree is very different from the type of job that you get in a structural engineering with just a bachelor's degree. Most of the sort of prominent structural engineering firms, the ones that do significant projects and they have you know, 40, 50, 60 or more employees. They, the ones that I know in Southern California, for example, most of them actually don't hire a, a beginning structural engineer who doesn't have a master's degree because they require that level of knowledge for a starting position. You can, you know, with a bachelor's degree, you are basically looking at a one-man shop, two-man shop, three-man shop types of operations that work on a small project. If you really want to work on serious major projects, then having a master's degree opens the door for you to work for major firms in Southern California, at least. I think you brought up an interesting point. There are advanced technologies used in structural engineering. In conversations Emily and I sometimes have with students, it's clear that not every student understands how much technology is used in civil engineering in general, and maybe even structural, um, but there is a great emphasis on using advanced technologies and computing uh, in, in civil engineering, environmental engineering in general, and certainly in structural as well. It is, it is, you, you know, if you define like element analysis that, that, that is there, the different types of uh, technologies that you can do for, for analysis, you know, these days uh, people are working on uh, machine learning to, to come up with optimization of structural systems, you know, artificial intelligence is being used in, in forming the, the uh, analyzing different types of options that we have. There is no shortage of technology and advanced computing in structural engineering. Actually, there is a, a strong desire to have students that are more interested in these because we need advancement of these technologies every day. To shift gears a little, Dr. Naeem, just listening to you talk about your experiences and the projects that you've been involved in, I'm curious if there's been a favorite project or maybe even just a situation that stuck out to you. Well, there are a few, uh, well, in, in sort of, I start with not a tall building one, I start with, with one that is not tall, but the Disney concert hall that is there. Um, many people look at it and they say it, it looks nice, but 
A lot of people don't know that it is actually built on the top of an existing four-story parking structure. So that parking structure was there um, with anticipation of something being built on the top of it, but not necessarily the, the Disney concert hall. And then when we got involved in that, I had to do extensive modeling of the roof of that parking structure that would become the base of Disney Concert Hall to make sure that it can take the, the stress and the forces and deformations that the Disney Concert Hall would put, put on it. At the time, I had to do a finite element analysis of this uh, sort of roof of that parking structure. And the model that I came up with had 400,000 degrees of freedom and the programs would, would not do it. So I had a special relationships with computers and structures, CSI that, that produces um, analysis programs like SAP 2000 and SAFE and stuff. And I asked them, um, well, I have this model and I don't know if your software can handle it. And they said, we don't have a problem here, do it. So I went, but the program crashed and I called them again and they looked at it and they said, but the size limitation is not our problem, it's Microsoft's problem because that your file size becomes larger than the operating system can handle. So actually they were nice enough to revise their algorithm and create a special version of the program so that it would split the files for me to be able to do that analysis. And, and I did that. So that, that is one thing that I uh, remember. And the other one is uh, there is a 777 Figueroa 54-story building in downtown LA that if you look at it, it goes up for about 40 stories and then it narrows, comes in, and then goes another about you know, 10 or 15 stories up and then it, it sort of gets narrower again. So it, it, when it goes up, it comes narrow. And then when it came down to, to meet for an analysis of it, um, I realized that these columns that are coming down, you know, a column coming down 20 stories and suddenly it stops in the air. So making sure that these forces from these columns get transferred through the beams to the side so that it can resist an earthquake was a major challenge. And it took me a lot of time to, to do that. So these are two from Los Angeles. I, know, I think every time I hear you mention the Disney concert hall, I'm like, that is just the coolest thing. It's iconic. I've actually never been there. And oh, you got to I'm a native. I've grown up here all my life, but it is one, every time I drive by, I'm like, that was a good cultural move. It just looks fabulous. Uh, it's beautiful. Another story, I don't know if you want to put this in the podcast or not, from the Disney concert hall was that, you know, initially the, the surface that you see, which is a stainless steel, Initially, they wanted to do it with sort of some sort of stones. And they said, this is really difficult because you know, carrying the stones is difficult. And then they moved into uh, uh, stainless steel. And then early on, I think it was during the construction or something, you know, this stainless steel that you see is on the side, it's sort of porous. It has some articulations in it because if they don't do that, the reflection of the sign is gonna the, the, the reflection of the sun is going to make the actually the people living across the street blind. So they have to change it so that the reflection is is um, sort of acceptable. Um, that that is another thing that I remember from that project. I think I remember it being smooth. Yeah. And then uh, they had to yeah add the kind of like that 
I guess that, that he said that kind of but because yeah. he didn't reply beautifully either way. Uh, yeah. it's and another way. thing that was very difficult with, with uh, Disney Concert Hall, it, it's, it's sort of all the structural members in there that people don't see are curved because they have to follow these curves. So the beams are not regular beams. The columns are not regular columns. And it was a very difficult task designing this to make sure that we pick the sizes and dimensions for beams and columns so that they don't violate this surface because you don't want a piece of column to come out of this curved surface. So it took a lot of coordination, a lot of sleepless nights. I'm personally curious about the different conditions that we need to consider here in Southern California with earthquakes compared to the areas like Chicago. Structural engineering in seismic regions like California, they have so many details, technical details and, and, and technical um, considerations that have to take place. Attention to details, the ductility, the deformation capability, redundancy. There are all these things that, you know, a structural engineer practicing in California or West Coast, basically, has to deal with, which, which generally is not as much of a concern if you go back east to places that don't have earthquakes. I give you one example of, of, of everybody remembers the unfortunate events of 9-11. If, if those buildings were designed according to California standards, they wouldn't come down as easily as they came because of the impact of the plane. The reason that it was not designed to resist the seismic event, it was designed to resist just the wind event, made it vulnerable to that terrorist attack. Mm -hmm. A, a California-designed building would have survived much better. It sounds like the understanding of seismic design is an important skill to have. Thank you, Dr. Naeem, for taking the time to share your experiences and thoughts with us. Well, that wraps up our first episode of the academic year. We hope you enjoyed learning more about our structural engineering program and are just as excited as we are for the future of the field. And thank you for listening. We look forward to sharing more from the Asani Department of Swimming next time. Bye.